Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Penguin, giraffe, penguin, giraffe. I don't know what that was, but we do a lot of these ups and downs videos. And sometimes I wake up and I try to think of an intro and I got nothing. So today, we just play penguin and giraffe. Otherwise, hello, my name is Simon from What Culture. Welcome to Ups and Downs. I really hope at least one person is watching this for the first time and had to endure that intro. But otherwise, we are indeed. You're gonna take the finger of power and we're gonna point it to the sky when we like something and we're gonna point it towards hell when we don't like something. And we're gonna do that because AEW just had a rampage show. Let's up those downs. This match on Rampage this week was indeed Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. And while this did creep in from nowhere, here are two reasons that I like it. Darby Allen did need some juice, so this made sense. But also, we forget that Matt Hardy is in his 40s and he is still able to smash it. I thought he was really good here. It was basic wrestling to start with when they did spill to the outside. And it's like Darby Allen has something built into him, like a danger alarm. Anytime he sees something dangerous, all of a sudden his brain starts going whoop, whoop. So he saw Simba the still steps and he grabbed Hardy and he just threw him right into him. He then followed that up because he saw that Matt had rolled to the ring apron. He climbed to the top and he went to crash him. But of course, Matt Hardy got out of the way. So Alan went crashing into the ring apron himself. And I did some Googling. I made some calls. Yes, that's the hardest part of the ring. This then continued because Matt powerbombed Alan into Rita the ring post. And then surprise, surprise, when they were back in the squared circle, he started working over his back. I mean, what else was he going to do? It was like being at an ice cream convention saying, I'm going to make some cheese. Nobody wants it. Hardy really found his groove after this and actually got a lot of support from the fans which is kind of crazy because he was taking on the super popular Darby Allen and at one point he went for the twist of fate Darby reversed that into a backslide and he hit the scorpion death drop but he wasn't able to make the pin because of course he had a boo-boo on his back Darby still decided to go for the coffin drop but Hardy got out of the way and hit him with a power bomb and by the time Matthew was missing moonsaults I sat up and I said I declare this ridiculous he also got smashed with the code red as Allen was able to apply that last supper pin thingamajig, which is basically the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And he did get the win, but this served both guys because they walk away feeling like now they've got a pep in their step. It is getting enough. We then learned what the plan may be following this because the lights went out and when they came back on, Brody King and Julia Hart were stood in the ring. And my word, not only did they beat the crap out of Matt Hardy, but given that Darby Allen had left, they would say, Darby, you better come back here and why don't you bring your dad Sting? This is exactly what did happen. And given that we hadn't seen the Sting until this moment, it was a bit like Allen had gone backstage and said, Father, help me. 
We did. The whole point of this is that next week, the House of Black do want a no DQ match against Allen and Sting. <laughs> Just to underline this, Brody then took Matt Hardy and he did that choke thing over the ropes. And never forget, when he does go for this, he is trying to kill a man. Eventually, it all did calm down. And like I say, those Grand Slam cards on paper looking pretty freaking good. It's also going to include Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara because we're finally getting that. We were meant to getting it all out because we did have a video package promoting it. And I'm 99% sure that Eddie said, Sam is a rotten human being. I mean, who in the hell uses the word rotten? It must mean that he's slowly going off. And then we got another announcement because during the Rampage episode of Grand Slam, we are going to be getting the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. The same way I ran to Google and I tried to find if Willy Wonka is in it, but I'm not sure. Whoever is victorious, though, will get a title shot at a specific show at a specific date in the future. So the opposite of money in the bank. And what we have to do here is ensure that it doesn't feature the World Championship. Because we do have a lot of these kind of gimmick matches and it's always for the world title. So let somebody win and then they can go after, I don't know, the TNT Championship. All of this then continued because Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta came to the ring. This is quite funny because Claudio was a bit like, <laughs> Wheels, you lost your title, you absolute goober. But don't worry because I am the Ring of Honor champion. And after Grand Slam, even Brian Danielson or John Moxley is going to be the AEW World Champion. So the Blackpool Combat Club will be standing tall. This is when Chris Jericho interrupted though. And as he teased last week, he was like, hi, Claudio. I'm going for the Ocho. I may be a seven time world champion or whatever it was, but I think eight is a better number. So I challenge you for that there gold. And Claudio was like, all right, man, yeah, let's do it. And I tell you, this has to happen. Make Chris Jericho the Ring of Honor world champion, especially if you have just done some kind of a deal to put ROH on TV, because that man is on a roll right now. I don't really understand how he keeps doing it. And he will bring star power to that brand, much like he brought star power to AEW. So why not have lightning strike twice? I like this, giving it up. This episode of Rampage really was just all about promoting, 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 promoting. I mean, there were so many segments, it was crazy. Because we then cut to Jade Cargill and the baddies who are all like, man, we want some challenges. In a truly nuts twist as well, it was Diamante that interrupted. And we haven't seen her on a main TV show in ages. And not only did she accept this, but she also said, I think I shall bring the OG baddie when we do have our match. And I've been thinking about this for ages. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20.
have no idea who that could be. I do like it though, because this is essentially what WCW used to do with Goldberg back in the day, and that did work, but I am gonna be an asshole and give it a down. Because during this promo, Jade was all like, oh man, I got rid of that PR guy, referring to Stokely Hathaway. So whatever the plan was between Lexi Nair and Stokely, we are never gonna be told, because Nair is now just in the group, whereas Hathaway is off with the firm. So that one just died Three, two, one. and sit down. It was back to the wrestling after this though, because it was Willow Nightingale versus Penelope Ford, or as Booker T likes to say, Penelope. This was actually really interesting though, because we do have two diamonds in the rough here. As we said last week, Penelope Ford never has a bad match and she always brings her game. And Willow Nightingale just has something, and more importantly, the fans really like her. So I think you could choose one of these or both of them and pull the trigger gonna have something. Otherwise Nightingale hit this awesome spine buster when Ford did get back to her feet and she hit this badass jumping stunner. So I was like, ah, oh, here we go. But Nightingale won the day here because she hit Penelope with this pounce and Ford went face first into the ropes. And even though I'm <laughs> chuckling away here, it looked disgusting. Jericho also said that Penelope Ford was the sports entertainer of the week. So we gotta give her a round of applause. She's absolutely killing it. G2 eventually was able to get back to her feet when she hit Willow with the pump kick and tapped her out with the Muta Lock. And once again, I enjoyed all of this, especially because much like before, Kip Sabian had come out with his wife. And I like his whole box gimmick. I'm not saying it's not weird. It is weird, but wrestling is weird. So give me the weird. We then had more interviews after this because we were backstage with the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page and Hangman was all like, guys, I'm really sorry. I screwed you all out. But she did. This is when Roosh and Jose the Assistant walked in and I do believe they all want to be Willy Wonka as each and every one of them said, we are going to be in the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. This also tied into what we were just talking about because Jose was like, oh man, cowboy, make sure you don't cost it for your boys again. And then Roosh, my word. He put out quite the prediction and he said, I will eliminate everyone. Everyone. So I'm going to be watching you now, Roosh. I don't think you're going to do it. My world then did just get a little bit brighter, however. Ethan Page versus Dan Housen. Now, I love both of these guys for very different reasons. So it was like watching my kids go at it. And at one point, Page was even mocking Dan Housen's cursing. I was like, bro, you shouldn't do that. What if he curses you for real? Otherwise, though, he just slapped him around for a bit and then hit the razor's edge for the one, two, three. Stokely Hathaway was all like, eh, I'm having such a good time. But I tell you why I'm fond of both of these chaps. They just get it. I can't explain it, but I mean, Dan Housen, he knows his role. He smashes it every single time. Ethan Page is going to be a main eventer before long. Warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. I also really do hope that Ethan is about to go after all the people that have got dumb gimmicks. We did Luigi the Pizza Guy, we've done Dan Housen, we can bring in that Michael Jackson dude that does moonwalks, and oh my gosh, Stone Cold E.T. We said more interviews, which was kind of hilarious. However, it was Ricky Starks talking about powerhouse Will Hobbs, and I've been saying for a while, somebody give him a microphone, so thank goodness we did. He tied his loss into the fact that the factory had been a bunch of idiots and promised that the next time he sees Hobbs, they're gonna have a do-lally. I'm excited for that because once again, these two eventually are gonna go up. This brought us to our main event after this, after Excalibur had run down both Grand Slam shows. And again, they do look like they're going to be awesome when it was Josh Woods versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title. 
Here's the thing. Samoa Joe, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best wrestlers ever. I absolutely adore him. Whereas Tony Nese and Mark Sterling have become this awesome double act. They make me laugh. I also that Josh Woods is really good and that he can go because I've seen him go in the past. But when it came to this matchup, in no world, in no universe, in no reality, did I actually think he was going to beat Samoa Joe? That just took something away from it. I mean, that is what the build is for, so we didn't really do that, so it has to get it down, because it just didn't have the bomb band fantastic whizzle whiz that you need. However, otherwise it was good, and as ever, Woods went after Samoa Joe's arm, because if you only have one limb, you're not going to be a very good wrestler. So surprise, surprise, eventually Samoa Joe did fight his way back into it, but because he had one arm, he wasn't able to capitalize. Ta-da! <laughs> I was joking. He was still able to smash out a sentence for a near fall, but when he went for muscle buster number one, Mark Sterling lost it on the outside, and he was casting so much distraction, I think he thinks he was fighting chaos from Final Fantasy 1. That's where that series should have ended too, by the way. I know this is a weird tangent, but it's called Final Fantasy. There's been 732 of them. This then did lead to the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up by Woods, but it was never going to end that way. So Samoa Joe smacked Tony Nese. He hit the muscle buster onto Josh. One, two, three. We were done. But look, outside of everything that I have said, this was a fine wrestling match. Both guys brought what they needed to bring. We just need to focus on the preamble a bit more. We then did the post-match beatdown because we must do this after all matches when of all the people it was Wardlow making the save and he was going to give Mark Sterling the Powerbomb Symphony when Tony Nee saved his ass but given that it left Samoa Joe and Wardlow in the ring they turned to each other, stared each other in the eye and then started to nod. So you're going to have to assume this is setting up a tag match where it will be Wardlow and Joe taking on Josh Woods and Tony Nese. But what I actually need in my life is Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. Put all the titles on the line for all I care. These are the things that I came to see. So let's not stand on ceremony anymore, Mr. Wayne. And let's do it. Which, yes, meant we did finish AEW Rampage. And while they did a good job in getting me excited for next week... A lot of this show kind of felt like it was just there. But I'm going to be a broken record. 60 minutes, there were some good bits, there were some not so good bits. Up. Now please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of Rampage. Like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com, read yourself some articles, come follow us on social media. And listen, we have other videos, one of which is Smackdown Ups and Downs. So just waste your Saturday watching me review wrestling. My name is Simon What Culture. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts.
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Make sure you have a lovely little day. You just know more wrestling news is going to break in the next three seconds. Goodbye. <laughs>